Hello. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. In today's program, so why we started Resha Mandi primarily because we saw uh, a lot of gap in natural fiber space in terms of uh, any company trying to do vertical integration based platform. That's after these headlines. Apple reported another set of record-breaking earnings results yesterday, but warned of supply constraints and that sales could be slowing down in the current quarter. The company had double-digit growth in many markets and especially strong growth in emerging markets including India, Latin America and Vietnam, CEO Tim Cook told investors. Sales for the June quarter rose 36% to 81.4 billion year over year handsomely beating analyst expectations of 73.8 billion in a Bloomberg estimate. Net income surged to $27.4 billion versus $11.3 billion for the same period last year. In addition to strong iPhone sales, Cook said that the Mac had its best June quarter ever and the iPads was its best in nearly a decade, The Verge reported. Apple shares ended lower by 1.49%, however, due to the company's warning. Thales, a European defense and high-tech company and Indraprastha Institute of Information Technology in Delhi, have signed an agreement for collaborative research and development in the field of open hardware and other allied subjects. The collaboration will enable co-development of complex microprocessor architectures and multi-core processing systems. These systems will bring value to applications in areas such as edge computing, smart manufacturing, defense and space. Through this association, Thales and IIIT Delhi will collaboratively address safety issues in designing processes and embedded software for critical applications using open-source hardware approach. Mohalla Tech, which operates Moj, a short video app, and ShareChat, a local language social networking app, has raised $145 million as an extension of its Series F funding round. The investment values Mohalla Tech at $2.88 billion. It was led by Singapore's Temasek, Moore Strategic Ventures and Mirai Neva Asia Growth Fund, which is jointly set up by Mirai Asset and South Korean web portal Neva Corp. In April, the startup raised $502 million. The money will help the company to improve its AI-based feed, attract and incentivize a diverse creator base and make its platform more secure. Locus, a supply chain decision automation startup, has set aside $4 million for its second share buyback from employees. The buyback is at par with the company's value at its Series C fundraise. Both current and former employees will be able to sell their shares in this buyback. The company will also have a rolling plan to facilitate new buyback from teammates in the future, CEO Nishit Rastogi said in a statement. Locus recently raised $50 million in Series C funding led by Singapore's GIC with participation from Qualcomm Ventures, existing investors Tiger Global and Falcon Edge and various angel investors. The Whole Truth, a clean label food brand, has raised $6 million in its Series A round led by Sequoia Capital India. The round saw participation from existing investors Matrix Partners India and Sauce.vc along with a clutch of angel investors. The startup will use the money to recruit high-caliber talent, 
expand TWT's manufacturing capabilities and enter new food categories where consumers currently do not get high-quality clean food options. India is the world's second largest producer of raw silk and consumer of raw silk and silk fabrics. And yet, the entire supply chain is devoid of any digital technologies. Resha Mandi, a startup which was founded only a year ago, is changing this by digitalizing every aspect of the supply chain. I spoke to CEO Mayank Tiwari to learn more. Uh, Mayank, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. Uh, so Resha Mandi is uh, doing some really interesting work. Uh, I had a chance to learn a bit about you because uh, I, uh, you know, a little while back uh, I did a feature on Omnivore, but uh, I'm still in the category of folks who are not very familiar with uh, what exactly you do and how you do it. So maybe if you could start with uh, telling us a bit about uh, how and why you started Resha Mandi and, and I'll have some follow-on questions. Sure. Thank you for inviting me over, Ari. And uh, great that you have at least a bit of understanding. It takes time for me to, you know, educate everyone around. But uh, uh, so why we started Resha Mandi primarily because we saw uh, a lot of gap in natural fiber space in terms of uh, any company trying to do vertical integration based platform. And, you know, which means that you could start from a farmer or, or move, maybe move a little more uh, backward from there in terms of the supply chain and then be able to come towards the fashion category and, you know, finally be able to work with the retailers or the consumers in this case and, uh, you know, supply them uh, the goods which are primarily your clothing and the apparels or the accessories or the home furnishing or anything of that sort. Uh, we didn't see a lot of players in this space and we saw that, you know, it's a good opportunity for us to start. But uh, when you're starting something that large, you need to start at one point and Silk became our pivotal point where we kind of uh, zeroed down on Silk primarily because a, there was not a lot of large players uh, available if you look at the entire Silk supply chain. Uh, B, uh, it was a very concentrated market in terms of at least the first two legs of the supply chain where the farmers are or the realers are, right? You, you'll find them in Karnataka, Andhra, Tamil Nadu. Uh, but then when you go upwards in terms of the supply chain, you go towards the weavers or the retailers, you're basically diversifying yourself towards India. And, you know, uh, that also gives you an opportunity to diversify into other natural fibers. And once you've created a technology platform which can serve the purpose of one natural fiber, you can try and implement that for other natural fibers. And that is the hypothesis which which we started Resha Mandi. And that's how we came to be. Hmm. The uh, idea of vertical integration uh, caught my attention. Uh, so I guess uh, that was the, uh, maybe one of the important problems that you're trying to solve for uh, these sectors, starting with silk. Maybe if you can take a step back and uh, uh, give us a sense of what are the big uh, problems uh, silk farmers and others face, you know, which you're trying to address with your technology platform. Sure. So I'll tell you how the silk supply chain functions, right? It starts from egg production. Then it the eggs are passed on to a chalky rearing farm which uh, basically are these are the farmers who will uh, hatch out the eggs, make them the larvas, and the larvas are then transported to another farmers who will feed the mulberry leaf to the, uh, you know, silkworm over a 21-day cycle, make the cocoon, 
these cocoon then gets transported to a reeling community or the reeling setups uh, that's where the you know the cocoons are boiled and the yarns are drawn out and then it goes to the weaving where once the you know the once you have the yarns and finally the fabric is produced which in turn become either the sari or you'll have the home furnishings or any of the decor items that are coming out and then that is where your retailers kick in right so that is the entire uh, supply chain now when we ventured into this last year in around jan june 2020 we saw that the farmer was traveling around uh, i stay in bangalore right so for me the first cluster that i hit upon was sarjapur just 20 kilometers away for me but i saw that the farmer were traveling around 100 kilometers on a daily basis to just be able to sell on a monthly basis in markets like ramnagar kolar or sidlagatta and, and if you go to these markets you will find that a when the farmer is traveling he is having no wastage issues he is the logistical issues he is paying to be there and on top of it he does not have any guarantee as to what is the price that he is going to get because nobody is cross checking the quality the quality parameters are you know reelers buy based on hunch in these uh, markets there is no quality parameters that anybody follows though the central silk board has their own testing setup there but it's also again because it's a physical test it requires more manpower and uh, because ramnagar at one point in time used to get around 40 50 tons on a daily basis they weren't able to scale that and hence most of the produce would go unchecked and the reelers would then cartelize against a farmer and the farmer you know will have to bear the brunt of it finally we you know he has to sell because otherwise if he waits for another day he'll have another wastage issue right there will be a wastage uh, percentage that will be deficit from the total weight that he is carrying uh, on the other hand the reelers though they are concentrated in ramnagar and sadlagatta and all these areas they had to travel they from their house to these markets on a daily basis and spend half a day to just bid on the lots and make sure that they have enough procurement done for their factories to run and hence if you see though india has a lot of arm units the functional units are arms are primarily automatic reeling plants the functional units are very very minimal right we have only 24 units who are which are functional fully in their full capacities in india a uh, primary reason being that they don't get the supply on time they don't have uh, necessary infrastructure in place where they can get one to two tons of raw material on a daily basis to them and spending half a day if you're going to a market and spending half a day there what you're in turn doing is you're hampering your production cycles you know you're hampering your sales and marketing uh, hence the reliability on the traders side so what we started with was to uh, you know give out a near proximity center to the farmers make sure that we are doing the rent data testing which basically defines how many kgs of that particular lot that a reeler has to buy to make 1 kg of yarn making it a direct correlation to their pnl and that is how we started selling uh, the cocoons and procuring the cocoons from the farmer um, post which we kind of understood because the reelers have this tendency of depending on a trader for the yarns and because they didn't had the time to go to the market on our reverse logistics we started picking up the yarns we made sure that we are doing a cross check of the yarns i already come from a background where i had the interaction with the weavers in my past experience so it was easy for me to start working with the weavers give them an assurance of the yarn that we were carrying with us in inventory and then be able to work with them to uh, you know put that out into the looms and finally make the fabric so that's how 
you know we disintermediate at each step we remove not remove as such we but uh, uh, we don't we let the stakeholders work with each other directly uh, through only resha mandi and resha mandi is ready to let go of certain bit of margin to make sure that the stakeholder incomes are going up uh, most of the farmers who have worked with us uh, this is our data that shows us that uh, you know we've been able to overall uh, increase their revenue on a monthly basis by approximately 10 to 15% uh, over the last one year and we believe that if we continue the good practices that we have in place we should be able to look at, look at around 25% improvement on the revenue for the farmers as such hmm. uh help us understand the technology uh platform that you have built uh what are the important things uh that your uh tech tech systems do sure so from the tech standpoint first uh we have a erp module which is completely in house because uh, fiber to fashion or so to say farm to fashion is what the category we are into right so each each leg your technology is kind of evolving there are parameters that are changing and uh, we had to build out a robust platform so that we can continue to evolve continue to expand further on in terms of the territories or in terms of the verticals expansion and uh, you know continue to support our stakeholders with that so that's the first leg of our technology where all the records in terms of whether it's a procurement record it's a logistic report or the sales recording or uh you know um, whether it's the financial reporting that we need uh, gets recorded onto that erp now the crp uh, through an api talks to the consumer app which is resha mandi app which is out there in the market uh, all the stakeholders have the app in their hand the farmers can pretty much buy their inputs uh, online they can also book an appointment with resha mandi at any given point in time when they are ready or we also advise them in terms of you know uh, when do they need to come back to our ecosystem uh, they can also they also get one thing very interestingly is uh, on a macro climate base we give them advisory in terms of how to rear the silk worms and make sure that there is no crop failure but the other technology part that we have on the uh, farmers angle is we supply them mulberry uh, for the mulberry plantation we supply them an iot device and for the rearing shed also is there is an iot device both the iot devices are primarily on the mulberry side we capture uh, the soil moisture because that defines what the leaf moisture is and accordingly defines how uh, you know what would be the protein content on the silkworm would be and hence the protein content on the cocoon uh, while on the cocoon side on the rearing shed side the iot basically captures four different parameters light um, we capture smoke we capture uh, uh not basically the air purity and uh temperature and humidity because these are the four factors which defines as to how the crop would come through and uh, in the 21 day cycle uh, how do we avoid the crop failure at that farmland post which uh, technology from from the technological standpoint the testings that we do at each leg uh, primarily were driven by the physical inputs in terms of you know having the person check like a rent data test is also a physical check that you need to do of the cocoon similarly you have to do a yarn testing physically similarly you have to do fabric testing physically uh, today we have been able to solve the problem at the cocoon side where we have kind of uh, you know applied for our own patents 
the patents the provisionals have already come through we are waiting for the final patent to come through so that we can put this technology directly in the hands of the farmers where but just by a click of image you will be able to understand what is the rent data that you have produced out of your farmland and accordingly the pricing would work and similarly the you know reelers the debate between the farmers and the reelers that you know you produced wrong or this has gone wrong or whatever just goes out of picture because both of them have the same app and they can just pretty much click the photographs and get the same results and that will provide the transparency that is needed in the supply chain so that is the angle with which we are uh, moving forward in terms of the untesting as well as the fabric testing as we progress further we are doing a research on it let's see how it goes hmm. with the uh, iot devices uh... as you go along uh, you would be collecting a uh, lot more data and as more people come on to your platform that will also increase quite a bit uh, so uh, can you talk about uh, any plans uh, in terms of how you would uh, analyze that data and what you can do for the farmers and the buyers based on that sure so today how we use the data that we captured from our farmland is uh, we support them through an assurance program that is uh, our own assurance program nobody provides insurance to a sericulture farmer in india apparently uh, we also couldn't find a partner now because there is a lot of data backing the you know what is getting produced onto the farm and we are also through a gis satellite we are trying to identify what is the exact area of the farm so that we can get an underwriting from an insurance company so that it becomes easier and we can do a yield based insurance for these guys uh, second thing that happens is because we are capturing so much of data in terms of what is the transaction volume that uh, the farmer does with us we've been able to enter into partnership with the banks where uh, we are able to support the farmers with working capitals reelers retailers and weavers as well with the working capital solutions uh fintech embedded fintech on a b2b space is anyways uh, an opportunity for any any company that is trying to grow uh, right and we also see that as a big opportunity for us where we believe that the stakeholders not only will get uh, the money on time but they will have a lot of problems getting solved through it where uh, you know like like let's just suppose a retailer right who sits on a 30% dead inventory at the month end Oh, he does not know what to do with it but the more data i have associated to that retailer i'll be able to move that dead inventory and become an organized player back of uh, you know which which supports all that leg of the retailers which are who have only single stores right and, and then be able to move that inventory and make sure that the liquidation happens of that inventory make sure that we are able to support to them hmm uh can you explain your uh, business model to us a little bit i mean these days uh, especially with uh, newer tech led startups a lot of uh, founders uh, talk about uh, freemium models and things like that how does it work at resha mandi oh from that standpoint we are pakka uh, marwadis so to say <laughs> so we believe that the business has to have transactions it's not about premium model or a premium model it's basically about transacting with the farmers with the reelers with the viewers and making sure that the retailers also are transacting on the platform transaction by the virtue of transaction it means that the goods are getting exchanged the money is getting exchanged um and it hits our account we pay out the farmers because there's also a lot of distrust in this entire supply chain 
right so we try and solve for that by becoming the uh, intermediate in between all the stakeholders to make sure that you know they can trust us for the quality that is coming to them and hence uh, you know uh, we become the trusted party rather than them trying to bank on 750 different farmers to get the produce on a monthly basis mm. uh, you've recently uh, announced uh, expansion of your operations to delhi Uh, give us a sense of uh, the scale of your operations today. I mean, I realize you're a young company, but still, it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so we are a very young company from that. Uh, from a simple standpoint, that we, I mean, 13th of May 2020 is when we registered. But uh, from January onwards, we started expanding in Karnataka, primarily at the leg of the farmer side and the retailer side, and then. Uh, around february time frame we started expanding to banaras bhagalpur maheshwar chanderi uh, we work with these weaving clusters salem dharmavaram but very recently we forded into uh, retail space we started working with a lot of retailers and now we have operations in mumbai delhi hyderabad bangalore and chennai mm. uh, you also earlier on mentioned that uh, once you have uh, stabilized the tech and the operational model with one fiber you could go on to many other fibers uh, so where are you at on that now what uh, which ones would you go on to next which ones would we go on to next is basically defined by the categories that the retailers keep with them so what we are doing is we because we have a handle on the retailers we are working with them and that their data supports us in terms of identifying which are the categories that they uh, you know they carry with them uh, so say Will constitute to around let's suppose with one average retailer around thirty to forty percent of their inventory, but there is cotton silk and there is pure cotton which constitute to other categories, and there are retailers in North India which are also carrying uh, linens, and uh, they are also carrying few of them are carrying various other types of material, right? Layons, viscose, and polyesters. So we might not venture into polyester at any given point in time, but uh, at least. till the time it's a natural fiber play we will continue to exist we will continue to support the retailers by getting into a top down approach uh, getting the demand from there and then be able to work with the mills in between work with the farmers at the end and then uh, create that supply lag for us hmm uh, if you can uh, tell us about your next uh, funding plans and also your next big plans in general see fund from the funding the standpoint we will uh, raise in a couple of months and uh, that's where we are uh, from the growth standpoint however which i would love to discuss more is basically we are going towards international expansion for trying to target uh, you know the us and the europe uh, for the demand side but we are also trying to see if we can work and african nations to probably you know install mulberry there and get the uh, silk uh, yarn come out from there and then be able to support the uh, you know the demand that is coming in from india because india continues to be number one consumer of silk and we are still a import deficit country so uh, if there is a supply lag that we can identify which can augment the supply that is already existing in india and you know we can experiment on the technology and grow that to become a uh, you know grow shamanti to become the global backbone of the silk supply chain across the world then why not that's that's the idea okay excellent a uh, very interesting conversation mike uh, thank you again for making time for this we have to keep the conversation going thank you thank you ari
that was Mayank Tiwari. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arkali. Thank you for listening.